nobody's getting an abortion in the third trimester. Let's be let's be just like flat out. No one's like walking in joyfully with a smile on their face about to go get an abortion. I think that the conversation would have been more rational had it been a panel of women. There's so many things that needed to be discussed that that panel of judges, the justices, doesn't reflect right now. Welcome to the initiative where we talk about how kings can grow together and take the conversation to the next level. My name is Gabe. And I'm Skylar. This is the King's Initiative. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, my guy? <laughs> How's it going? Uh, not much. Back at it again. Back at it again, baby. Yeah. So um, how do you feel about this one? Oh man, this one's special. Yeah. And I know I say that every time, but it is special. So um, we got some special guests on that's today. awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I just want to, you know, open up like we always do. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Uh, keep on coming back. We see, love to see those numbers really just skyrocket through the roof. And as long as you keep on coming back, we're going to keep on talking. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All righty. So uh, you want to tell them what we're doing today? Yeah, man. So like I said, we got some special guests. We got Roe v. Wade part two. But these special guests are not only but women who are going to bring a different perspective, because I know we gave our male perspective, but we got to give give the women a chance to talk. So without further ado, here's Chelsea. (laughs) Yeah, so super stoked to be here. Um, My name is Chelsea. I'm a marketing professional, graduate student, new homeowner, Sagittarius, all the things basically. Um, And I'm just Really glad to be here and be talking about all these things that are really impacting everybody. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, awesome. I am Casey Cardenas. I'm so excited <laughs> that you guys asked me to be um, on your podcast. I am very honored that you guys thought of me. Um, I work in commercial real estate full time. I also work um, with Fit City Magazine, um, all things health, wellness in Oklahoma City. I love doing their social media. Yeah, that's um, awesome. I'm involved in multiple nonprofits um, around the city. That's totally my passion and my parents' passion. I love being able to kind of do things around the city with them. And then a very, very, very full-time dog mom. So uh, <laughs> my hands are yes. full these nice. days. So, um, no, I'm so excited to be on. So thank you guys for awesome. having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Yep, thanks. All right, Jessica. Last but not least. There we go. go. So I'm obviously a top of discussion on this podcast sometimes, but (laughs) my name is Jessica Morales and I am the husband. You're the husband? husband. (laughs) She is the husband, y'all. I love it. I heard it here first. It's wow. 2022, y'all. Right. I definitely wear the pants. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm the wife of Gabe Morales, half of King's Initiative. Um, I am very excited to be on here. Um, I am the um, only mother of humans on this um, podcast. So I think that's going to be a fun perspective. Yes, um, it will be. Yeah. Awesome. 
this topic is near and dear to my heart and especially as a mother um, of a daughter mm-hmm. too. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to be here finally on the show. Even though you guys have been talking about me like every week, it's fine. I'm here. I'm ready to play. Listen, can we, is it too late to kick her off? I, mean, <laughs> I don't think it's just too late. come over. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah, I appreciate you guys being here again. This is amazing. Y'all are our first guest. So what better way to to have y'all on? So thank you for being here. So go ahead, Skylar. What do you got for us? Um, So let's kick it off. This is a difficult topic to talk about. And like you said, this is the reason why we wanted to have you guys on. I guess in your best words, you know, what what's your actual thoughts of what's going on? What's your what's your perspective? Open general perspective of what had just happened with the overturning of Roe and Wade. Roe versus Wade, yeah. I'll be honest, you know, we all believed the the lie of they're not going to overturn it. Like we were just, everybody was sitting here and then you can't, you don't really believe that it happened when it's something that like is so impactful to your life and I don't think that I really like kind of understood it until I was thinking about it later because I'm I'm somebody that I don't particularly want children. Um, so this is obviously um, potentially taking away something that I could need later on down the road if you know many, any of my preventative measures fail. Um, and so it really came down to it. It kind of came down to like now I only have two roads. I can either go get sterilized or I will have to bear a child. So it just literally took a whole, it just threw like cold water on my future. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tough to put. Yeah. That, that into perspective of like, I only have two choices now. And, and you said like, that's children is like something that you really don't really want. I don't, I don't really want children. I think that eventually, like, obviously minds change um which is why i definitely want to like go the sterilization route in 10 years whatever um i'm definitely somebody that i could see myself more adopting versus bearing the child um pregnancy doesn't doesn't sound fun sure jessica can have have, (laughs) dirty details um but i mean yeah it's just i don't have that urge to have the child or you know yeah that, that's a that's an interesting perspective um because i i kind of lean towards that way as well um technically you know maybe i don't want kids and um i'm on the other side of it and so we have to take contraception in a way even to being totally abstinent uh to, you know totally doing away with it um listen so anybody who says that that's boring i mean i'm so, like like I don't know. I'm sorry. I, maybe I'm just talking out of pocket here, but counterceptions will fail. So that's that's just my perspective here. I get you. I and get I think you. It's, it's definitely, um, and I don't know, we might get to this topic later on, but like, uh-huh. how, how much NSFW can we have part of this conversation? Like if I drop the F? No, you, you're you good. Yeah, yeah. You're okay, good. great. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, they're like, we have to get rid of abortion. If we, get, if we ban abortion, it's going to stop all of it. I'm like, the kids are fucking you I realize that they don't think that if yes. they're like under 18 like they're like virgins across the board like no yeah they're like 15 and they're yeah. fucking yeah yeah exactly and that's and when like most most people any. and that's when i've heard most abortions happen is when they're 15 mm-hmm. 16 
they're not ready for children and it's like no I mean my and I'm sure Jessica can relate she has a brother that's the same age mine they're actually we all grew up together uh just a little back history (laughs) Jessica and I were besties um and so then our brothers were in the same grade and they're besties but now I mean our brothers are 18 and 19 about to go to college and I don't want to know, but I'm assuming that he's not completely innocent and God forbid, like that kid can hardly like cook himself dinner. I cannot imagine him having a child, you know, or there's mistakes happen and things happen. Unwanted pregnancies are wanting are happening and that's okay to not want a child. Um, so I think the hard part is just understanding like this affects everybody. It doesn't just affect women. Like we're, and it doesn't just affect women that don't want children. Like that's, it truly affects everybody. And so I think it's just mind blowing that this is where we're at in 2022 and people are no longer having control of what they want to do on something that will drastically change their lives forever. Well, and let's not forget the origin of Roe v. Wade. I mean, women were getting abortions when it was illegal, before Roe v. Wade was passed. Women were dying. Thousands of women were dying because they were using they were using unsafe ways to have abortions. I mean, I just, I can't imagine having to get an abortion. I, I don't ever want to have, you know, no one wants to get an abortion. But if I were to ever need one, the fact that I I might not be able to do it safe and medically prop, I mean, and having to use a coat hanger, I mean, for God's sake, I mean, how traumatic people, I just don't think people are, are comprehending women were doing this because they felt like they had no other option. Um, and so I, f- I fear that that's what we're gonna go back to now that this, historic i mean it's just it's historic we're gonna go back to where we were 50 years ago when thousands of women were dying and at what case what what's gonna be the number that we're gonna say okay that's enough women dying i guess we should do something about this well not only that but okay roe v wade what's next yeah no yeah for sure we talked about that um in part part one set that one out for us (laughs) yeah and I mean, are they going to go after, what is it, Illinois versus Love? Or what? I don't even, I'm probably referring to the, the wrong case. The um, LGBTQ rights? No, the, the interracial marriage. Yeah, interracial marriage. Oh, yeah. Well, and that, he's, that's, and yeah. Clarence Thomas is married to a white girl. Like, yeah. 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 I don't think like, I'm sorry, buddy. You're, you're, you voted on the wrong side, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't think that loving, I mean, first of all, Clarence Thomas conveniently left that one out of his opinion. Um, But the thing with loving is that one sits on the equal protections clause where Roe sat on due process and equal protection. So Roe was Um, kind of shaky from the get. So, but, but loving presents, I think the route for us to go to, to bring, to bring those rights back to everybody and not even just abortion, but like across the board privacy. Right. Okay. And that's what it's about. It's about privacy. This isn't about murdering babies or killing fetuses or, or whatever. I mean, the underlying cause is privacy. There is no reason why a old white man in Washington, DC should have any opinion on what me and my doctor say about my body and my future and my health. There's no reason for that. And so this is infringing on that. There's HIPAA violations that could be 
I mean, there are multiple states have already sued, you know, because of this. Um, so privacy is really the big issue. But then when you think about privacy, like you said, you think about interracial marriage, you think about um, gay rights and gay marriage. I mean, there's so many things that fall into privacy. And that's why this is so dangerous, because it's really just it, it's the tipping point for who knows what. An interesting perspective on that, just because. I was just watching the the overturning of Roe on Netflix, and that was really the the hitting point on just the whole documentary in general. It's it's the right to privacy. It's the right that you're taking away my choice to do what I am wanting to do with my own body, and that's that cause for change within itself. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I don't think anybody is not pro life. We're not and this pro life, pro choice. It's almost like. In my perspective, I'm speaking here out of maybe out of it's like a game like we're all we nobody wants to see. But for you to force your religion or your morals on someone else is like, what are we doing here? And it's almost like a game. That was that was the biggest thing, uh, especially in that documentary, is that they had a lot of Christian values and a lot of religion to back them. And the reason why they were doing the things that they were doing or trying to set implement these laws was because they they found a specific way of thinking, you know what I mean? And it gave a negative connotation and to for somebody that does have the Christian faith. And I'm like, I don't think like that. I like I have love for you and you have you should have the choice to do whatever you want because that's what God gives you and me to to infringe my belief on you. That's where I have the problem in the whole faith walk. You know what I mean? I, mean, I totally agree. I've born and raised Catholic. I still go to mass, go to mass with my family and I lean heavily on my faith. I just think it's insane that we're using certain scripture to tell people what to do. Meanwhile, there's still scripture in there that I know these people are not following. Yeah. They're weaponizing the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. You can't pick and choose just like we've spent the past two years of a whole group forcefully saying that oh like I'm not going to get a vaccine I'm not getting a vaccine it's my body it's my choice to do what I want and again I'm okay with that that's fine if you don't want to get a vaccine but don't bitch and complain when you can't get into a concert so again you can't have it both ways whether that's with my body my choice or whether that's with you know Christian values it just it doesn't work that way it's it's a one-way street not a two-way street right yeah. I get the, com- the conversation like around the Christian values is always interesting to me. Um, I mean, cause first of all, they're going to, they go and they're like, we're a Judeo Christian nation. I'm like, well, Judaism says it begins at the, when the crown breaches the woman's body, like, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean, that was what the, the Christian value was too, until, I mean, you can trace the whole pro-life pro-choice anti-abortion thing you can trace that to jerry falwell and the moral majority and all of that which was happened post row like they weren't even super concerned about row when it passed mm. it it was it was they were weaponizing christianity yeah. to mm. mobilize a voting base well and i think that um religion is also i'm not religious anymore because of things that church did to me personally um when i was 15 i casey might have even been in that room Uh, we were forced to watch a video of an abortion. We were 15 years old. This was their way of telling us not to have sex, to be safe and be absent. And this, and I remember holding my friend 
my friend's hand who I'd known since I was six. And I put my head in his shoulders and I said, Kevin, tell me when it's over because I can't watch this because it that point, awful. It was awful. And I thought it worked. I don't want an abortion. <laughs> it worked. It worked. But at that point, you know, I think we were, pro- we were 16 probably. I think we had both yeah. lost virginities. So we were like, oh my God, we're going to burn in hell. We're going to die. Uh-huh. This is like, am I pregnant? Like, oh my God, it scars you. And yeah. I think that that was just one of the many things that had messed me up from the church. But and my parents didn't know that. I just told my mom that last year and she was appalled. She had no idea. But I was like, I don't know how to, should I have told my mom that? Like, I don't, I thought she wanted me to do this, you know? And so mm-hmm. um, religion has been very weaponized. Um, this is not a new thing, um, but unfortunately, like most of my friends are religious and I'm, you know, the one that's not, but I think it's pushing people away more than welcoming people. And that's what the church's message is in the first place. So like Casey said, you can't just pick and choose, you know, we're going to take this scripture, we're going to do this and we're going to do this, but you can't do that or you're going to burn in hell, especially on young girls. It's just going (laughs) to, you know, we take everything as women from a young age. I mean, we're so impressionable and it's, um, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous good word very traumatic experience i mean i know you've told me that before yeah um but back to religion being weaponized and used in political gain you can like in these conservative states you can literally win an election for texas county whatever commissioner off of your view on abortion like how not even on your view on how you can be county commissioner on your views of abortion you can win like how messed up is that 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 is what you can win your your election off I mean, well, so and let's, let's not forget that most of those people are men. Most no, of uh, yeah, of course, are men. So the fact the the issue is not only is this a huge deal for women, people that are solving the problem or making the choices don't even have a vagina. They don't even have a uterus. They've never even had a period. And you want them to make decisions for women's bodies you know, and like these other ladies on this call, I'm the only one who's had a child, who's given birth, who's been pregnant, who's felt those things. And yet I could never tell either one of these ladies. Okay. So, so for you, for you three, uh, do you think that this law should have been decided by an all panel of women? I don't think should it this should have be been a law touched, I don't think it should have been touched on at all. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, uh, as far as just Roe versus Wade goes, like, should the women, like the Supreme Justice, like the nine, should that have been more demographically induced to just two women? Like, they're the only ones that have the say because they're the ones directly affected by this? My only problem with that is, so there's nine justices on the, on the court. That was originated because of the the jurisdictions. There used to be nine circuit courts. Well, now there's 13 and we don't have 13 people on the bench. We have nine. So it's hard to demographically place justices for their for their communities, we'll say. Um, but when this, the closest circuit court to us is Denver. Um, so, you know, why I might agree with more of Colorado and Denver's policies, that wouldn't necessarily reflect Oklahomans. But then again, you send, we elect people to, to the House of Representatives and to the United States Senate to represent us, and yet they don't represent most of the, the, the thoughts and the, the views of Oklahomans, um, because then you have things like 
electoral college. You know, we we knew Trump won Oklahoma five seconds after the polls closed because the electoral college chose that for us. It didn't matter what I what I was going to vote because the electoral college decided it already. So there, it's a very systematic thing that has very very many flaws in it. I think that the conversation would have been more rational had it been a panel of women. However, then you have to dive into women of color. You know, l- lesbian women, you know, they they can't have kids unless they go through IVF or we need to talk about that treatment. How it does that, if an IVF fails, is that considered abortion? Um, you know, non-binary, there's so many things that needed to be discussed that that panel of judges, the justices, doesn't reflect right now okay yeah yeah no i get it i get it um it's just the way the conversation always goes and especially from a man's perspective it, it just feels like this should be decided or for me and and my own opinion it should be decided by you guys because you guys are the ones that you're gonna have to go through it or you're the ones that are gonna not get an abortion or get an abortion does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah i think it's just because men men think that they deserve a right and everything um i've heard a lot of men say well if that was my kid you know oh i would sue for murder or whatever but it's not your kid you know there there's millions of women in the country and thousands go through these procedures every year and that's the thing there's some woman in ohio right now who i don't know her life story who got raped or something. And I could not imagine having to go through with my abuser's child and being reminded of that every day for nine months and then being reminded of that every day for the rest of my life. I mean, how traumatic do we, you know, do we want this to go on? It just doesn't make sense to me. At what point is a woman's life more important than the zygote, the zygote or the fetus or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. And I think you make a good point too of, you know, I feel like we talk so much about these really terrible experiences that a woman could have where, you know, she would probably want an abortion such as, you know, rape and all these awful things too. But also there are women that get pregnant that just don't want to have a kid and that's okay. They don't have to explain that to anybody. It doesn't have to be this traumatic experience to justify why somebody wanted an abortion well yeah i think you run into so many more of those cases you probably know people in your friend group in your friend circle where that's the case and you probably don't even know it but that's probably the more common you know abort at least at my age and people that i know the more common you know reason for abortion and again that's okay It, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this you know, traumatic or awful, or, you know, you're, you're bleeding out on the table, giving birth, and you know, you've got to have an abortion in order to save your life. It's just, it's not always the most extreme case, Mm -hmm. just simply not being ready to have a kid is reason enough. Yeah. And like Chelsea said, contraceptions can fail. And I used every contraception, but still got pregnant, like, but I used it because I didn't want a kid, like she said, like, (laughs) That shit sucks, bro. Like, what are we going to do? Like, yeah, so. We, we had a kid. We had that option. I mean, I remember when I was pregnant with Beckett, when I found out I was six weeks pregnant, I believe. Um, and I was 21 years old. I was terrified. We Gabe and I had no 
I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. We were children, you know, and the only reason that we did go through with this child is because we knew that we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. I knew that that was my person. We went to bed both crying that night, I think. I definitely was crying because <laughs> I was scared. I was terrified. And I rolled over the next morning and I looked at him and I said, do you want to do this? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, me too. Let's do it. Not everyone is going to have that love and support that we are so so grateful and blessed like our parents have been incredible through these past six years um not everyone is that fortunate you know um my dad used to tell me in high school if i ever found out i was pregnant don't bother coming home like you know like obviously he was joking but like some people some parents are serious yeah well that was kind of my household they they would have my yeah they would have my back back. Right. And it's, you know, and of course there's that kind of reverse psychology though, like of on kids, you tell them not to do it. Like Chelsea said, the kids are fucking, you know, like we were having sex in high school and it's irrational to think we weren't. So instead of taking away abortions, but we're, we're not helping contraceptive care. We're not teaching sex ed. I never had a sex ed class in high school. I had no idea what any of that stuff was, but we're not funding education. We're not funding contraceptions. We're not funding Planned Parenthood, which does so much more than just provide abortions. And people don't know that because they associate Planned Parenthood with abortion and that's all they think they do when that's not true. Not to mention also you have all those issues not to mention the issue of maternity leave in America. Um, then that's I a whole other can of worms that I yeah. a whole other podcast. But <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is you can't put these restrictions on women and on people's lives whenever you're not ready or willing to support these lives. Sure. And I, <laughs> yeah. I think that the, the the question about the panel of like who do you need to be who needed to be deciding it, you have to you have to decide how you want to look at the issue for that to have an answer. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it from a medical point of view, yes, it's women, period. Like it affects women, it affects trans women, it affects it affects that population. If you're looking at it from a like that is a life standpoint, then I could understand the argument where you're going to want the male and the female perspective because the male participated in creating that life. He gets to say if it lives, all of that. But in that, then you have to go back to the religion and all that stuff. We have to decide, is it a life argument or is it a medical argument? And yeah, and that's a hard argument. Yeah, it is. What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. Is it a life one or is it a medical or do you I lie in the that, between? It's an it that's why that viability line is so shaky that Roe had, because you can't first you can't determine viability because a, a fetus that I could be carrying could be viable at this date versus a fetus that Jessica would be carrying could be viable a week before, a week after. So there's mm-hmm. not really a date you can determine that. So it's a medical issue up to the point where your doctor would possibly say that that is now viable. Like if it's born, it will live conversation, but it's, it's tricky. And really at the end of the day, it's, I mean, it's a medical decision. Really. No, I get you on that. Um, Cause I guess when the, when the zygote is uh, formed, it's like 15 to 17 days and it can even like push out just a little bit more um so the difference is from your body to my body is a complete different thing so i can agree with your statement right there that's that's totally true and i'll back you on that 
Well, we also need to talk about the heartbeat law. So people, you know, you can hear the heartbeat at five weeks. A heart is not fully formed in a, in a fetus um, until like with four chambers and actually pumping until after the 20 week mark. So yes, you can hear a heartbeat, but it's not a functioning heart. So that doesn't mean that it can survive outside of the womb. There's not um, been a fetus that has survived outside of the womb younger than 20 weeks. So that's why most abortions are banned after 20 weeks, because some children at that point, they are they can survive outside the womb. It's very rare, but they can do it. So when you hear a heartbeat at five weeks, I, I heard my son's heartbeat at six weeks when I went to the OBGYN. It wasn't a heart. It wasn't a yeah. fully four chamber heart, functioning heart. It couldn't, it, it was a pulse. That's what we heard. But the fact that some states have the heartbeat laws they make women hear the heartbeat of the fetus bef the day before they have their abortion. Right. I was about to ask that. Like, Don't trip them. It's to make them feel worse about the situation and to pro hopefully protect the life that they're trying to kill. What? And it's just not, that's not okay. 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 I was about to say, is, yeah. is that what? okay? Is it what is the, yeah. What is y'all's perspective on that? Because yeah. why did they, like, why would that be a thing? Who like allowed that? I mean, that like it's because Roe v. Wade, you couldn't because you can hear it at five weeks. So lawmakers thought, well, since I can't overturn Roe v. Wade, I'm going to implement this new law so that you can we can essentially guilt the women into mm -hmm. hearing the life that they're going to kill, and hopefully we can save lives by changing their mind. Now, how many times did that work? I mean, probably not a lot. I'm I, I'm not saying that it didn't work, but then you also have to think about. I don't know. I don't know the suicide rate in women, in pregnant women. I don't, I don't know. I don't know those statistics, but I'm, I just, I knew that they did it to me before I was even deciding because, you know, they, and they have to make sure you're healthy. Yeah. But again, you have to think about what type of care you're in. It depends on the doctor. You know, um, we like to kind of think that doctors are, you know, going to be on the patient's side all the time, but it's They're, that's always the case mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. and it, it goes back to like they're they're completely willing to say well we need to have a biological argument about the trans community but then they don't want to have a biological argument when it comes to abortion which is at x date it is the size of a peanut that is an electrical impulse you are hearing it is mm. literally capable of nothing Yep. And then they sit there and say it's alive when, I mean, let's be real. And I, I mean, somebody said this earlier, it doesn't matter at what stage you're in when you're going to seek an abortion. If a woman goes to seek an abortion and the doctor said, nobody's getting an abortion in the third trimester. Let's be, let's be just like flat out. They're not getting abortion in the third trimester. They're not having late-term abortions. Late-term abortions only occur because the fetus is already deceased. The mother is in danger. Like, the, mm. That terminology is used to mislead. Scare tactic. Yeah. No, like, so and again, it goes back to that, like life versus, versus medicine argument. It's a medical decision because if I go seek an abortion at whatever weeks and they say it's viable or not, I'm going to make a decision based off of that factor at that point. I'm not going to seek it just because I want to kill it. Well, yeah. And I think to any just normal human being regardless of you know what your situation is no one's like walking in joyfully with a smile on their face about to go get an abortion 
I'm assuming most women probably feel like shit. They probably are scared. They probably feel guilt and to put more guilt and to put more pressure on a woman by making them go through that process that's already traumatic is awful. It's barbaric. It's weird. It's just weird. Nobody is going to go get an abortion. So why are you making it just even harder emotionally for a woman? Mm. When was was that passed? When was that law passed? Um, You said the heart. Yeah, no, the heartbeat law. Oh, well, just in Oklahoma, state has just signed two bills um, in May, April. So Um, it's new, fairly new. It's fairly new. It's this year. Um, And he has, quote, said he wants to be the most pro-life state in the country. Um, But then we don't do anything to protect mothers or women. Um, He just doesn't want abortion. So lots of misdirection. Um, And again, he's a white man trying to make laws about women, which he knows nothing about. Um, This is a man who only vaccinates some of his children, not all of them. Um, It's he's he's interesting. Yeah. Um, And the heartbeat bill was um, Texas and Oklahoma were really the ones who first implemented it. And there was a lot of controversy behind it because they're like, you're trying to ban in texas like you're trying to ban abortion without you know roe v wade was still a thing this was back in 2021 so there was a lot of um you know controversy with that but my i want to kind of transition here on joe biden just signed an executive order where what are we thinking about that what is that going to change or if anything or what is that going to do is that helping the situation or is it not and what's the order thanks for listening to king's initiative I'm Chelsea, one of this week's guests. I would love to engage with you on social media about all things current events, pop culture, politics, and more. So give me a follow on Twitter at CinephileChels. Talk to you soon. Are you asking me what the order is? No, 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 no. No, I'm asking Gabe, anybody. Gabe, I, 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 I didn't know he signed Gabe, an executive order. Know, yeah. So yeah, yeah he signed an executive okay. order. Um, stating that, you know, um, to protect access to abortion within the state. I, I am not afraid to say I'm not educated to, enough to know what this is going to actually like do in the states and especially in a state like Oklahoma, where mm. the governor has passed such a restrictive abortion law. I, I don't know what that means, but I do know at least it keeps the conversation going. Again, there's so many things where there's so much anger on social media for something. And there's a week where everyone tries to unite and, you know, stick up for whatever, you know, social justice, you know, topic it is for that week. And then next week, we're not talking about it anymore. And it's like, everybody Mm -hmm. forgot. And so I think, at least for me, it's keeping the conversation going. And, you know, this isn't something that's going to go away. Women are not going to, we're not going away. And so to keep the conversation going, I think is helpful, but I'm looking to y'all to, to educate me on what, on what this order actually does for women. He signed it and I, I, I didn't read it. So I don't know like the full specifics of it. I know it talked about some privacy aspects. Um, um, you know, uh, access to contraceptives, access to medical abortion, um, medications, but 
an executive order can only go so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know the limits of executive orders. They're yep. basically just like recommendations to agencies. So yeah. They're not, yeah. not going to change anything. Um, yeah. But basically, the executive order protects doctors. Um, if anyone were to come back and like sue them for whatever reason, I'm kind of reading it on Politico right now. But because I saw clarify for me, because I thought I saw on I can't remember which some politicians' um, Instagram of can this be overturned by the next presidency because it is an executive order. And I want to say that this person said it was not an executive order, so it can't be. Like it, it was a something into law. I'm so over my head, but I, I thought she said that it was not an executive order, so it cannot be overturned by the next president. It's It was an executive right. order. So I think was that it? the next president has like the first 100 days to overturn any executive orders that were issued by his predecessor. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It protects privacy. Um, but, and, and it says that he wanted to expand access to medication, um, abortion. So that is, um, up to at least, I think it's 10 to 12 weeks. You can take a set of two pills. Um, some cases it's just one, but it basically is a medicative abortive so that you will get an abort, your body terminates the pregnancy rather than having to do a DEC, I believe, which is where they dilate you and extract the fetus um, through your cervix. Um, So I think he wants to expand, he wants to expand the medicative, which again is more of what's normally happening. I mean, when you find out you're pregnant, you have, you know, and again, a lot of women don't find out they're pregnant until at least they're two months pregnant, which most men in Congress and in they don't understand that so they don't get the whole heartbeat bill you can hear your the heartbeat at five weeks it doesn't matter to them because they don't get that they don't have periods i mean we had our, our oklahoma legislator that thought you could just re-implant the ectopic pregnancy so um you know we know exactly the limits of their knowledge here makes me feel a little bit better yeah <laughs> Uh, no, I just kind of threw that question out because I just saw that it happened like five days ago. And so so, yeah, the reason I asked the question was because um, what it what it what needs to happen? Like, what is next? Like, that's what I'm trying to find out. Like, where can we help the situation? Because obviously, no, we know this is not an ideal situation for y'all and for the men involved of women, because I mean, does that put it on us now for now? Like, should men start getting more vasectomies? Like, what is this going to look like for men moving forward? Or is it going to look like for women moving forward? Like, what needs to happen? So I know that's kind of a loaded question, but it's something that I've been thinking about. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, who's, whose court is the ball in now? So- well, I mean, for me, I feel like legally, I don't know. And you guys might have a better answer for me as far as legally what's next. But from my own standpoint, it's changing the conversation of this is a mutual decision and birth control and preventing pregnancy is a mutual decision. A man cannot assume that a woman is on birth control or a man cannot assume that, oh, if I get this girl pregnant that, okay, she's just going to go have an abortion because we don't want to, you know, this was a one night thing. And, you know, you can't assume that anymore. And so I think the thing is, is no, we're not going to force men to all go have vasectomies now, but it's going to be a mutual conversation and you're not going to assume 
that I'm going to get on birth control, that I'm going to, you know, there's no norms when it comes to this. It has to be a mutual decision. Men need to stand up for women. And this is a mutual conversation. It's not exclusively um, a woman's fight to have now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that kind of, that kind of answers the panel question as well. So yeah, that's awesome. There's definitely like the advocacy part, which is, you know, write to your lawmakers, speak to everybody, you know, because this impacts, it does impact the male population for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, one thing that I don't think a lot of people look at is there is the free market option, which is um, men need to be seeking out and enrolling in the male birth control clinical trials um, because we know that <laughs> those trials fail because the men that participate in them can't don't want to un- undergo all the symptoms <laughs> that we are experiencing. I mean, we take, we get the symptoms and it's, you know, not talked about, it's not a problem. We have, we have them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if there is, if there is money to be made by men wanting the birth control pill, they will find a way to make it. Right. And that whole theory, I mean, it kind of, it, if you think about it for women being, birth control you're putting a bulletproof vest on someone kind of that whole an analogy of like you're you're shooting a gun at someone that has a bulletproof vest but you're not disarming the gun you're just putting a a bulletproof vest on on a woman i've heard that analogy and it's like okay well do should men play a bigger part in these these routes that we're taking to protect women one thousand percent but men don't want to do that and men have the platform that women don't so they're going to put the work and the blame on women rather than doing it themselves when in all honesty a vasectomy uh recovery is only a day where if i were to get my tubes tied that's almost a week of recovery and that's major surgery where as a vasectomy is outpatient you can snip snap snip snap Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Are you, um, are you getting a vasectomy? He told me he would. Uh, I think we got to cut this show short today. <laughs> We're airing out dirty laundry. Uh, <laughs> but, and, it, it, and it has, and I mean, I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys. It has been a topic of conversation in our family because after I gave birth to our second child, um, I had complications during that pregnancy and I had to go see a cardiologist. He told me not to get pregnant again because he was afraid that, something could happen to my heart if I were to get pregnant again. Um, I love my kids very much. I would do anything for them. I'm not going to risk my heart blowing up just so I can give birth to another child when I already have a responsibility to be a mother to two other children. So if I'm going to be punished because I don't want a third child, but I, I, I can't, I can't risk that. Would you take that chance if you didn't have any children? I don't think so. No, I, you, you'd be I, I'm selfish with not- in that way. I really am. Yeah. I don't. Okay. Um, if if the laws were still the same, you know, and if every if my life was the way it was, um, without my two kids, I don't know that I would. Fair. I That's fair. I don't. I don't know because I've been a mom for six years now, so I don't. You and know, a great one at that. I was even gave our incredible parents, and I can't imagine life without Beckett and and Lily. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. and it's not, it's not for everyone. I mean, I was the type of person, it's so funny, Casey will tell you, I'm the first one to have kids. I'm the first one to get married out of high school. I never wanted kids. I never wanted to get married. I didn't want any of that. But when you meet your person, I met Gabe and it just I felt right. I said, okay, I know that this man will be a good father to my children and I want to do this. And yeah, we were 21. I was scared shitless. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't. I'm winging it. But, you know, I knew that I I wanted to have the child. I was able to make that choice where some women don't have that opportunity. They don't have the support. They don't have the friendship, the the money. The mo- kids are expensive, dude. I mean, I'm so poor for my kids and that's fine. I can't wait till they're 18 and out of the house so I can have some money. Finally, hopefully, if they don't go to college, I don't know, we'll see. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things that Beckett was not, um, and we didn't have, we didn't get pregnant intentionally, it just happened. Um, but we were able to make that choice. Um, whereas with Phoenix, we, we wanted to get pregnant, we wanted to have another child. And, you know, luckily, I didn't really have any major complications. But after I gave birth, he, my cardiologist said, don't get pregnant again, find a term, find a permanent solution to you not getting pregnant again. I went to my OBGYN. She told me that she was not comfortable tying my tubes at 25. And I said, but a doctor told me that this could be bad if I get pregnant again. She said, well, it could get better over time. You could change your mind. You might want more kids. I said, I I don't. I love kids. I love my kids. I I don't want to do this anymore. I would love to adopt one day. Pregnancy, like Chelsea said, it's not fun. It's just not. Some people have a great nine months. I had nine months of hell, and Gabe can attest to that too. I was Satan, and I felt like Satan was inside me. It was horrible. I just don't want to do it again. But the fact that my doctor wouldn't let me do what I wanted with my body because she didn't feel comfortable tying my tubes, that's a problem. And I don't know if that situation, if she still feels the same way after Roe v. Wade being overturned. Um, my my mind has not changed i still would either like to do that or i don't know wipe me clean i don't know i'm not a medical doctor get it out of me i don't want to deal with it i just you know then i i had to choose to get the piece of plastic shoved at me and i don't have to change it out for six years which is really nice but it's not fun getting an iud placed in your cervix is not fun it's not comfortable they don't medicate you um i bled that day i cried i was in so much pain it was just it was awful but no one talks about that and i that i just felt like that was my only option because i'm a mom of two i don't have time i can't remember to take a pill every day it's hard i forget what something happens oh but now i can't get an abortion it's just there's no there's so much that you have to do but no one talks about and that's a problem And I think that goes back to men taking more initiative and making sure that they have the the contraception that they can do to prevent something like that. Um, whether it's yeah. more education for the young cats or, you know, wearing a condom yeah. or, you yeah. know, doing the vasectomy or something like that. And even then it's not, it's only like 99. There's still that 1% that it could still bust break. And then, or you just don't do it. Yeah. So, or you could, you could do what I did and wear like three condoms the same time just listen (laughs) well it didn't work obviously (laughs) that is i that's a joke guys okay i'm about to say never have you ever (laughs) too but like i'm sorry 
some men really don't again we don't fund sex ed some people yeah, really, so really don't understand that, you can still get pregnant when yeah, are you yeah. gonna when are you gonna tell your kids about sex education as soon as Dude, so we have that is a hard topic like that, is. that was a loaded question my <laughs> okay i will say my mom had the conversation with me i want to say in second grade and i was all up in that classroom telling them where babies came from I got again in second grade i was yeah. in catholic school y'all so sure i had mothers calling my mother <laughs> oh i'm sure yeah reason why reason their son knows about the birds and the bees and uh but i mean i'm glad i, I mean i just i was not raised in the dark yeah yeah anything. reason why is i was i was late to the party too i was like 16 17 before i even like sat down with yeah. moms and they're all they said was don't have kids don't mm -hmm. you better have sex like, that was the out. conversation yeah and, that, and well, that's where it ended like and if you bring somebody that, home that, is that a culture thing i mean i don't know because i'm i'm is that a well, obviously not because casey's but mom I'm asking, is, like, is that a gender yeah, for, the, for and anyone that's just listening i am full on full-blown mexican <laughs> mexican household like i said catholic upbringing the most traditional you know you can think of and again, but was it a gender I, thing like would you, maybe like your parents did that with your brother case or like did i don't you know i will say i was i i was uh, my brother and i are about eight years apart and so i grew up very independent because i kind of almost grew up like an only child but I was always very independent for my age. And I think I always got mature and I always got that as a child. So I don't know if maybe I was just more mature and my mom felt like that was a conversation that, you know, her and I could have obviously not because I couldn't keep my damn mouth shut, but, <laughs> but like, I mean, I don't know if that was maybe like a maturity thing or especially a, a female thing, because I feel like that conversation probably should happen earlier for little girls, just because there's so many circumstances going on. There's so many awful, awful, terrible, unspeakable things that can happen to little girls. And so I think when we make girls aware, they can be safer as far as who they're around, even family members that they're around, unfortunately. And so yeah. I think the sooner that we have that conversation with the youth and normalize it, the safer and the more cautious our youth can be. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I get it. I get it. And the reason why I bring all that up is because we do come from, you know, a Hispanic household and women are considered or women at the age of 15. It's called a quinceanera. And we're considered mad. women, yeah. Yeah. And then we're mad when they get pregnant at 16. Yeah. What happens then? Yeah. You know, and so that it's just it's just a vicious cycle, uh, just within our own culture. Um, and so that's I I know it's when are you going to teach your kids? Like, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. solely upon you guys, but at the same time, it's, it's important because I didn't get that talk and I'm one yeah. of the key ones that was out there walling out, you know, 18, 19 years old. And I didn't <laughs> cut, you know, or I just right. didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't happen to do the deed or whatever, you know, stuff. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So yeah. Pull out game strong. But, if you want to edit that out, I totally get it. <laughs> Listen, Skylar wore three condoms. That's why he was safe. <laughs> Feel free to just cut me out. <laughs> hey, well, no. It's important because I had it. We all watched the video, the movie in like fifth grade, I think. And it was kind of like the sex ed thing that we had to watch. And it talked about all that. 
some students in my classroom had already had the talk. We got like a permission slip sent home from us. So like our parents knew it was coming. I didn't have a conversation until after the video. Um, but that was really the extent other than my mom putting me on birth control when I was 16 um, because I had a high school boyfriend and she was like, you know, I don't know if you're doing anything, but I want you to be safe. And I was like, well, I am doing stuff. So hell that, yeah. That's go. better than most because most will just put it on because they're having terrible, whatever, a Mental terrible cycles. time. Yeah. Terrible yeah. menstrual cycles. And, but I saw you shaking your head, Chelsea, about the, the video at, in fifth grade. Was that? <laughs> I think that, I mean, that's like the extent of it. I can't, I mean, and I honestly can't even tell you if I remember what the content of it was. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. I just yeah, know, but... I remember we were taken into one of the classrooms and they sat us down and the lights went off and we watched a video. That's something I could tell you that mm. I remember. Like, I mean, I don't even think I remember ever having the talk, but I mean, I was never raised in a religious household. Like we went to church when I was younger and then my parents were like, you're old enough to make that decision. Right. And I mean, it was just. Do you have the American Girl book, like the All About Me book, the, the three little girls in the cover in the town? Yes. I yes. was I was just a nosy child, and so probably by the time I was like sixteen, my parents were like she knows everything, anyways. So, <laughs> which yeah. I mean, and that's what I mean, like what Gabe was getting at. Like, I mean, I wasn't put on birth control, or it, I mean, honestly, we don't need to be calling it birth control. We need to be calling it contraceptive. Is technically. It's like, it's hormonal medication. It is hormone treatment. It's not, it's not mm. contraceptives that it's I was put on hormone treatments when I was 16 because that's when I started my period. And mm. because of my medical history of anorexia and everything that caused so many other issues with my body, I, and I'm still to this date, when I have my period, I am anemic. I am curled up on the fetal position on the floor and if I stand up, I pass out oh because of how bad my R. So I literally yeah. have to be on the pill because if I'm not, I'll bleed for six months. Oh and that's the fact. That's just the God. facts of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, men, that's tough. Men don't know that. Men don't Jeez. know anything about that. They've never, yeah. you know, and thank God I don't have periods like that, Chelsea. I don't know how you do that. That sounds horrible. I mean, I would get really bad, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go, bad bitch alert. <laughs> I would get rid of cramps. Um, I mean, I've been on birth control for years, so like, really, I don't remember what it's like to get a period. I have an IUD, so I don't bleed. Um, but I remember in high school it being so bad that I didn't want to go to school. I would miss practice because I was I was so sick. And men don't understand what that's like, and we have to do that once a month, every month, like they don't have to deal with any of that. And yet we have men telling us what we can and can't do with our bodies when you could barely do it one day of my period. And I have to do it every um, month. And you can continue down that vein of like, you have it once a month. I don't have one once a month. I have one every three months because my pill cycle is I only have one a quarter. That's how my pills are constructed. That's how I wanted them. So technically any bill that says I can't have an abortion after six weeks, I don't even know if I've missed my period until the three month mark. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's There's, that tough. There's the tough fact that you've got the pill. That's not an option for everybody. It's not an option for me. I've tried multiple various like types of birth control and 
they affect me so negatively that it affects my entire life. I become extremely depressed, borderline suicidal, just it completely changed who I was and totally just messed up my hormones. So I don't want to live like that. That's not a quality of life that I want to live being on birth control. And so I've not been on any in years. And I mean, thank God, because I just went through so many different phases of ups and downs trying to figure it out. And at the end of the day, it's like, why? Like, why? And so I think, again, that goes back to the conversation of, you know, of having a mutual decision. Because if it's not me that's going to be on birth control, but I'm, you know, desperately, you know, do not want to have kids and I'm, I'm married and I have a partner, then it needs to be a two-way street of how do we find the best comp- contraceptive that works for us. So it's just right. birth control pills are not an option for everybody or any sort of hormone, you know, manipulation is not an option for everybody. Mm. Yeah. You had, you had uh, another point, Chelsea. Um, did you want to elaborate on the second point? Oh, I mean, I was just going to continuing it. I mean, probably Casey can attest to this, which is, I mean, like I said, I won't know until three months out and, and when somebody's not taking, so I know I'm going to have mine because I have a specific, specific week of pills that tell me that I'm having one that week because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's missing a specific hormone that stops me from having one. Yeah. But Casey doesn't have that. And women that are not on birth control don't have that. So stress just life changes, diet changes, literally anything. She could have one every two weeks. She could not have one for six months because that's the natural cycle of her body. So mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, there's, you can't, you can't do it after the, the whole, after your Mr. Period nonsense. Yeah. Right. I did yeah. it it's not every month. I mean, for most women, like it is, but that's not everyone. And then you, you just have to realize that like you said, stress, um, depression, like weight gain. I mean, there are so many different side effects from birth control. Like my IUD, I like because I don't have to take a pill every day. I don't have to change it for six years. I don't have to think about it. I don't see it. I don't like the arm thing. That would freak me out because I don't like seeing something in my body that's not supposed to be there. So I don't have to visually see anything. However, Mm. um, I, I've started getting acne because of my IUD. I never had acne in high school. I never had skin problems. And I was very proud of my skin because I I had great skin. And ever since I've been on this IUD, I've gotten adult acne. And like, that is super like, I'm a very confident woman. I'm very confident myself, but that's something new to me that I never really had to deal with as a teenager that now I'm having to deal with in my adult life. And it sucks. I'm like, I don't want this. And my I told my doctor my concerns. She said, well, it's either acne or a kid. That's not really helpful. That doesn't help me. What am I? Okay. I guess I'll choose the piece of plastic shoved up in me. Like, okay. Like we have to pick and choose our battles as women. And I would rather, I guess, have this acne than have another kid or have to get an abortion or whatever. Um, we were talking about vasectomies earlier. Like mm-hmm. that's also not a hundred percent too. So it's, it's scary because humans are, we're going to, we're going to have sex. Like we just are, there's not a, well, if you don't want kids, don't have sex. That's stupid. Whoever says that is idiotic. It doesn't make sense. We're, 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 we're mammals. We're animals. That's what animals do. They eat shit. And then, okay. All right. I knew you were going to come in there hot with a comment. Yeah. (laughs) But like, my goodness, (laughs) it just is. It's hard. Yeah. No, only saying that to one gender. 
Yeah. I'm saying if you don't want kids, don't have sex to one gender. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because you know, sow your oats. Well, yeah, but let's, well, we're not going to provide pills, but we're going to, we're going to pump up Viagra. Yeah. We're going to, you can just have boners every day forever. You get the blue Testosterone. Pills, let's go everywhere. But well, if that boner shoots out some sperm, bro, you got to have the kid, but you okay. don't have to pay for it. Hey, point, I'm going to have to put triple X on this. On this <laughs> right now, bro. I'm just in WS and like, Three times. No. I'm thinking and to relate this even to back to just like sex education, like I learned what a condom was um because of the show Room Raiders MTV. Oh Room Raiders. That's a good room one. Raiders. Because okay. they'd go into their room and they would like find these condoms. And oh so again, I was at an age where I should not have been watching MTV. Hey. <laughs> you know, it was summertime and my cousin and I were together. So Speak. My parents are at work, so we're watching yeah. readers. And it's, we're like, ooh, what's a condom? Well, when the guys had it in their room, it was like, ooh, like play a player. And when they found one, like in a girl's room, they're like, oh my God, uh, yeah. X, you know, she's the slut, she's this, she's that. And so Damn. it's just, even in media, it's just portrayed in such a way. And to Chelsea's mm. point of, you know, we're only telling one gender that this is bad, you're bad, you're a whore, you're a slut. And yeah. Well, you, you've heard that analogy that the master key. I'm I'm not gonna say it. that's. I'm, I was about to roast y'all, but it's okay. I won't play devil's advocate here. I'm sorry, that was mean. Well, I commend y'all for being women. It could not be me. This this is very enlightening because I'm like the things that y'all go through is just like. And you wow. haven't even heard half of it. <laughs> exactly i've never even given birth before but oh my god the things that i sometimes read or that jessica's told me about like birth the process of giving birth i'm like uh i didn't know that like even women are so uneducated on giving birth i mean like i i don't know like and so i feel like women i'm a 27 year old woman and i still do not we were at mckinsey's one of our friends bachelorettes and there was a few moms in the group all talking about the process of, of how they gave birth. And I was like scarred listening to a conversation because I was just so like, it's not talked about. And so I, you just have women walking around like me that I'm just, I don't, I don't know, I guess it just pops out. Like, no, mm. it doesn't well, just happen like that. Like the fact, like when I was pregnant with Beckett, my doctor kind of talked me through, this was before we had made the decision to keep the baby. She kind of talked me through what would happen if I took the pill. And it really seemed dark and dangerous and scary, but then no one talked me through about giving birth and that process. I had no idea. I didn't go to a birthing class. I didn't do any of that. I didn't know what I was, I was 21, I was a kid. And so I'm going in it as a child myself, giving birth to another human. I had no idea what to expect. I felt so dumb because these nurses are telling me to do things. I'm like, am I supposed to know what that means? Like I had no idea. Luckily the second time around, you know, I had done it before, but even then, you know, there were still new things that I didn't experience the first time because every pregnancy is different. Every child is different. Every birthing experience is different. So, you know, it just goes back to lack of education on everyone's part. Um, we're not funding it. We're not funding education in, in many aspects, um, but really specifically sex ed in this conversation. Um, 
But and then there's also just this stereotypical thing. I think sometimes older generations think, well, this is the way that we did it. So this is the way you have to do it. That's not the case. Um, that's we're moving in the future. You know, if we wanted to, you know, shoot back to the 1950s or whatever, we would. But this well, is that's what this, uh, in my opinion, what Roe v. Wade, the overturning kind of did. We woke up 50 20, years back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I will, longer. I will, because I why? I don't know how you ladies felt when you got the news. I was at work and my my Apple Watch buzzed and I just read it and it was the news. And I read that Roe v. Wade had been overturned and my jaw dropped. I was speechless. I didn't know what to say. People came up to me and they're like, are you okay? And I just showed them my watch. I was like, I don't know how to feel right now. I'm I'm scared, but I is this even real? Like it felt like I was in a in a facade of you know, because we'd heard heard they were talking about it, but I didn't I didn't think it was going to really happen. I mean, yeah, when I sure. saw that that happened, so much has happened in the past two years. It's so sad, but it, I don't think I had no like overwhelming sense of any type of emotion because it's just like, here we fucking go again. <laughs> like it's something else. Sure. And it's just it's just bizarre that headlines like this and things so impactful, such as Roe v. Wade being like overturned, did not hit me as like hard as like it should have. Just because this world yeah. has seen so much mm -hmm. absolute chaos. Well, in the twenty-eight years or twenty-seven years or however thirty years, like uh, whatever ranger, we've lived through a lot of traumas from 9-11 all the way to well now covid to just like big impacts in in women's lives that we've lived through so much and it's just like so yeah it can be distance like we're like oh another and and it, it really like it breaks my heart like not to change the subject but like these mass shootings i'm like another mass shooting it used to break my like like i would be like just sit there now it's like oh my god like another like another traumatic event has happened and it's almost like we're we're getting so used to it and that is that is not good uh in in my opinion for well, us to get used to that that's the dangerous part and i think that's where our generation is so impactful um millennials are really taking the brunt of all of this negative change in our country um i was reading an article today about just how millennials at you know our age our parents were homeowners and had a wife and three kids and a you know picket fence and i'm like i can't afford to buy a home you know i can barely afford you know groceries you know all the snacks i want to get just for my kids and like all of these things that i feel like my parents had no problem with so i think in this sense um you know it's important for our generation to speak to our parents um, and tell them, you know, you lived through this, but you need to realize that it wasn't right what you guys were living through, and but you didn't do anything about it. But we're not the we're not the generation to fuck with, you know. We're not gonna just let this stand. Um, I think each generation kind of has their own battles, um, but we are unfortunately having so many just kind of back to back. I feel like the last ten years of our lives have just been, just you know punch after punch after punch um so i think it's important sure. to tell you know our the elders our elders just you know 
we, we're okay. going to fight back for this and you give us that wisdom. You know, you've lived through things too. like help us out. Um, not all not all of our parents are going to be so open to that, but yeah. I think it's important to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while speaking to, you know, letting people know where you stand and everything like that, what's one thing that you would say to women that's going to listen to this podcast? You know, the women that have suffered, uh, the when, women that are suffering and then the women that will end up suffering later on. What's one thing that you want to tell them right now? And this is your time just to let them know how you feel in this moment. I think I would just say that they're not alone. Um, you know, I think it can, especially with how our country is, we definitely can feel like we're, you know, each of us is an island, each of us is isolated and what we're going through. And, you know, I, and I think I saw some of that after the, the news came out. Um, I know like, especially like my sorority, um, we have like a large, a lot, we have a national alumna page and, you know, they don't want to talk politics. And so the women on there would be like, anytime you need to go camping, I love camping. And so I think it's, you're not alone. You know, you're, you're, I mean, you still have to be careful about who you're going to trust, but there's somebody out there that is that person that's going to help you. Awesome. Awesome. You too. Yeah. I think for me is don't lose hope and that this isn't a battle that anybody's fighting alone. We've got a whole just mass of women who are trying to, you know, advocate, 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 whether you've had an abortion, whether you've not, you have men who are open to listening and open to learning. And there are men like that out there that want to support you. And even if you've had a negative experience, whether that's with, you know, a, a man, just obviously with, with rape issues and things like that, there are still people out there that are on your team. And I think we have to fight this as a, just a humanity issue, not a Republican, a Democrat issue, because it's not at all. Um, and so I think the thing is, is just don't lose hope. You're not alone to what Chelsea said, that there, there are probably more people than when you realize around you that have had an abortion and it affects everybody. And I think the message is we're just going to keep fighting. We're going to keep, you know, moving forward the best way that we know how um, to create change. Awesome. Awesome. And Jess? Yeah, I mean, really kind of what what they said, my first thought was, you're not alone. Um, I feel like women, we feel alone a lot in our lives um, because there's, you know, there's this thing, women against women, when really women should be supporting women. Um, I think, you know, it's it's not easy being a woman, but it's so worth it, um, you know, to fight. is it's not it's hard but it's worth it I just um I just think about my daughter and what I want her life to look like and all you know I just want her to be happy and safe but to to know that my daughter could be feeling alone or like she has no one um just because she got pregnant um you know and it's scary. I'm, it's some, I've never really felt personally, um, attacked by the things in our politics 
the past few years, um, but this one was kind of my first, so I can't imagine how some other people feel. And it's just, it's just over my body, you know. It, it's um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I don't really mm -hmm. know the words other than you're not alone. I mean, there's so yeah. much that we go through as women, and I'm so so grateful to have such wonderful women in my life and such support system. Um, like I've said multiple times, not everyone has that, um, especially when you become a mom, you lose a lot of people in your life. Um, so I'm very grateful to be surrounded by powerful women and being be raised by powerful women. Um, but it's, um, it's hard, but it's worth it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. That was, that was uh, really, really well said. And I appreciate you guys um a perspective and, and your thoughts i've i've learned so much um just within this hour that we've been sitting here talking you know, things that i had no idea you know yep. and yep. i i live with women or i have a, a a daughter you know and i you know and there's just things that we don't know yeah. and and this was why um i wanted y'all on here um so exactly. thank you guys i love y'all thank, thank you for, for listening i mean i yeah. think you guys open up such a, a platform for us to be able to kind of come in and share our perspective and i think that says a lot you know about you guys and about how you guys want the women in your life to feel so thank yeah. you it's not necessarily easy for you guys to talk about some of these things just because not all your listeners agree with you um but i think that's important that you are you believe that you're doing the right thing. And like Casey said, you're listening to us. You're listening to the conversation where some people won't even take the time to, to hear what women have to say or um, people of color have to say or anyone different from them have to say. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. And I came in uh, wanting to gain a new perspective of just how women think and your side of the book. Um, I know I think a certain way and I can get stuck in my ways a lot. And I've said that. And so I always try to keep an open mind and I'm always open to the conversation. And that's kind of the reason why we had talked about it and wanted to bring you guys on. So thank you guys for coming on. We appreciate you. We love you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. Well, that was another episode. <laughs> All right. Have right. us back, please. Yep. Most definitely. Right. Most definitely. We'll catch you on the next episode of Kings Initiative. Peace and love, y'all. Later, y'all. So I am a reporter. I'm a multimedia journalist. You can follow me at Jess Morales TV on Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, and I'll keep you on the know in the things newsworthy in our country and worldwide. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Not much, man. Have you got your oral change yet? Uh, I haven't. Well... This episode was brought to you by Asher's Auto Mechanics, located in Edmond, Oklahoma. You can use promo code KINGSINITIATIVE for 15% off oil changes till August 6th. 15%? Nice. Yeah, man. Just give them the promo code and they will get you out lickety split. King's Initiative podcast was created and produced by Gabriel Morales and Skylar Rodriguez. Peace and love, Kings. Catch you on the next episode of King's Initiative.